Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. First of all, Lord, we want to tell you that you are amazing, that you're beautiful, that we love you, and we want to see you in our lives We want you to take more room in us, Father. I just pray for the work of your Holy Spirit upon our hearts this morning. We know that you have a word in season. You know exactly where we are, and and you want to speak. You want to lead. You want to have your way in us. And, And Father, so we just place yourself available and vulnerable before you, and we just say, speak to my heart. Have your way in me. So I just pray that you would be glorified, that you would go beyond my words, and that you would speak by your Holy Spirit, Father, in a, in a life-giving way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So it's a standalone message, and uh, it's called Mindset Makeover. And uh, it's to see, having our, to see our mind be transformed from glory to glory, and I think it's a huge topic. Uh, I like sci-fi movies, and uh, I was looking at uh, the reviews of Chaos Walking, and uh, in that movie, it it talks about a a colony uh, from Earth who settles on a new planet, and the weird spin is that as they settle on this new planet is the, the, um, the thoughts of the man are exposed. People are able to hear the man speak. They can't hear the ladies, but they can hear the men. And the reviews are horrible. Uh, But but it really got me thinking about, like, uh, what's my thought life? What's my thought life about? And And I really believe that my thought life is a big deal. What happens with my thought life is nobody really sees it. It happens between these two ears, and, and it's not exposed, and it's probably a good thing. But the reality is what's happening there influences a lot how I do life. And sometimes we don't realize it. We don't realize that my thought life influences my behavior and also influences my destiny. And so my question for you this morning is, how's your thought life? Is it under Christ? Is it led by the flesh? Is it led by the Spirit? Are you conscious of what's happening here between your two ears? Or are you just going through life and and doing whatever? And, And so what we want, what I'd like to unpack this morning in a short while, is it's important to realize that my thought really matters. And there's this quote from John Maxwell. He's a He's a Christian leader that wrote a lot of books on leadership when it comes to church leaders. And he says, your thinking more than anything else shapes the way you live. It's, uh, it's really true that if you change your thinking, you'll change your life. And I believe it's so true that my thinking will influence the way I do my life. That if I focus on the negative and I focus on godliness and I feed myself for the things that are not from God or if I feed myself from God, um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out through my life. I, I really believe that if there's a root, there's a fruit. So if I let something penetrate in my heart, at one point, it will create a behavior. So it's very important for me to watch over my heart. And you find this text in Proverbs chapter 4, a familiar verse, verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else. 
for it determines the course of your life. Other versions will say your thoughts. Guard your thoughts. In the Hebrew language, heart and thoughts, heart and mind is very connected. And so it, it says, guard your heart or guard your thoughts. Hmm. So that's what Solomon says, that it's important for us to guard our thoughts because it's the wellspring of life, meaning that by what you store in your mind or what you let take root in your heart, it will influence the way you do life. So that really matters. How many of you, you want to live a life that honors God? You want to have a healthy marriage, healthy relationship? Well, you have to, uh, you, you need to understand and you need to realize that your thought process or your thought life really, really matters. And, and we, need to, um, we need to watch over uh, what's happening between our two ears. So guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. My thought life will influence how I live out my life. I like to see it as, let's say that your mind is an airport and you are this air traffic controller tower. And these planes want to land. And you have the authority to say no to one plane or say yes to one plane. But there's a ton of planes that wants to land on your, the pathway of your, of your life or of your mind. And there's a, a ton of thoughts that comes in and, and, and flies over and you define what will land. But the thing is, if you let it land, what happens is that you will create a pathway and it's gonna be easier to see the same plane or the same thoughts come over and over again. And if it's Positive, godly thoughts and, and things that are linked to honoring God, well, it will produce a fruit. But if it's the opposite, it will create bondages and pathway, and I can find myself in a loop and where I'm caught thinking this thing, and it can be very destructive, it can be very toxic. So it's important for me to understand that there's a lot of stuff that want to come my way and, and, and land in my mind. And the reality is that if I have art issues, unresolved issues, personal sins I've embraced, resentment in regard of unmet expectations, fears, all kind of stuff, it will influence me saying yes to one plane and saying no to another plane. If I have, let's say, um, hurts that I haven't addressed, well, the thing is, when it comes hurts regarding a spe specific person, I'll have a tendency when the plane of negative, ne negativity wants to land in that regard, there's a good chance I'll be drawn to say yes. And so, so I need to realize that I have this authority to say no or to say yes, and I can't blame anyone for that. Whatever I let sink in my, in my heart, my inner man, or in my thought, it's really based on me. And, and it will be influenced by how is my heart condition. So this is why I want to see the blood of Jesus wash away my sin. This is why I want to walk in repentance. This is why I want to feed myself from God's word. We'll talk about that in a moment. We want to see that in our lives. So it's important to realize that my thoughts, my thought life will influence my life and, and also the income. It's, it's, it's huge, right? And my, my thought life will influence my perseverance. And, and, and so when it comes to perseverance, we find a lot of people giving up on their marriage, giving up on their career when it comes to their calling, and so on. And one of the reasons why that happened is because of their thought life. Because when it comes to our, our mind, we have the choice of embracing faith or focusing on God, what God can do, or we can focus on the problem. 
and the obstacle. And you know, as much as me, when I start to focus on the negative and I start to focus on, on, the, on, on the problem, it paralyzes me, right? And so I want to focus on the hope that I can find in God. I want to focus on, on what God can do, and, and I want to have hope. And the Bible says there's three things that remain, love, faith, and hope. And we focus a lot on love, and for sure we want to have love, but there's a need for faith. There's a need for hope. And if you walk away from hope and you walk away from faith, what's going to happen is you'll focus on the problems. And there's a lot of challenges in life. You, you look at a lot of curves happens, that, that, that is a lot of curves that we face from sickness to uh, loss of a job or investment that goes wrong. And there's a lot of things that can come our way. But it's important for us, it's not to look at the dirt, but to look at the stores. You can have two person in the same cell and one will look at the stores and the other will look at the, at the dirt. And, and our, our perspective plays a lot on, on, on our joy and also on, on, on our journey. I remember when I was a, a teenager, I used to play hockey in minor league. And I remember in my bantam year, uh, there was, I was part of the house league. And I believe, if, I'm, if my memory is correct, we had six or seven teams. And so it was playoff time. And we landed at four and fourth, so the first four teams were allowed to, to play to go in the playoff, and we were playing against number one. The problem is that through the whole year, we've never won one game, pretty bad, not one game against the, the first team. And people were saying, hey, if you win, we will eat our shorts. That's a French expression. If you win, we're going to eat our shorts. And the joke was, is there any burnouts in it? Anyway. Just a little trace of whatever, right? Uh, and, 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 and people were mocking, even in school. Like, it was, ah, you're going to lose, ah. But, you know, we kind of believed that we could win. And, and uh, the first game was, uh, it, it, the first game we lost, and then people were saying, ah, you know. And then the second game we won. Now it was uh, three out of five. And the third game we won. And nobody believed that we could win, but we did. But I think if we, we've, if we would have approached that tournament saying, oh, are we going to lose? What's the point? We would have never won. We had hope that we could win. We had hope in one another. We believe in one another. The, the focus was half the win. The focus was half the win. And when it comes to life, our focus is huge. If you throw the towel in your mind, in whatever circumstances you face, like, it's going to show in the way you live your life. If you throw the towel in your mind when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your calling, whatever it is, it's going to play a lot. There's a good chance you won't be able to stand. You won't, there's a good chance that you won't be able to see the fruitfulness of God in your life if that's the case. And, and so it's important for us to realize that um, our focus is huge. Uh, we, we, we look in the Bible the story of Paul and Silas. They were in prison for their faith. And they just got beaten by a wooden uh, uh, whip. And Paul being a Roman citizen, it was illegal for him to be treated like that. So he suffers injustice by men. He suffers um, abandonment by God. He's in prison for the gospel. And he's there in the prison worshiping God. 
What a focus. It all happened first in, in the inside, right? He was able to worship and people could hear him praising God and making music with his chains. It's a decision he made to focus on God. Even though there was injustice, even though how come he was a prisoner when he responded to God's call? I think it's such a big matter, a huge matter. And you, you find him, in, and we find his attitude in Philippians when he wrote the letter to the Philippians in chapter 4, verse 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. How? How? It's way more than positive thinking. It's way more than trying to pump yourself up. It's about your focus. You're focusing on God. You believe that your God can. You believe that your God is able to the impossible. You believe that God is there. It's important for us to, to have this mindset. I believe that my thought life acts as an engine that drives my perseverance. I will persevere and run the race if my focus and my attitude and my thought is focus on God and focus on his ways. And if I don't, if I don't, um, if I let my mind be wild and go everywhere and let any plan land on the driveway of my mind, it's gonna, I won't be able to do what I'm called to do. I, I like what David says, may my soul bless the Lord. I don't want to, I don't feel like it, but my soul will bless the Lord. Inner decision, not a feeling, not a high there's no music, there's no one around, you decide, I will bless the Lord, I will worship God, I will focus on God, and then what happens is you have a clear mind, and then you have joy, and then you're able to do what you're called to do. There's a story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 30, the Amalekites, what, what the Amalekites did is uh, David and his group of men went on, 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 on a raid and when they came back, all their children, their wives were all taken hostage. And so they were weeping and crying. It says in the verse that they had no more tears to cry. And, and, and then his uh, soldiers or his army turned against him and they wanted to stone him. And look what David says. It says about David, and David found strength in the Lord. Like, it was like here, two wives, his two wives were taken, his kids were, and his whole team, um, family was taken, and he found strength in the Lord. It's a decision you take in your mind. Okay, I'm going to focus on God, yet my soul will bless the Lord. And, and if, if we don't do this, then we find ourselves in a, a slippery slope. We find ourselves in a place where we rely on the flesh. We find ourselves in a place where we, we buy in in the lies of the enemy. And, and then we miss out on what God has for us. You know, the challenge with this message is, imagine if my thought life would make me miss the mark. What is my, what, when it comes to, imagine my thought life would, would cause me of, of missing what God wants to do in my life and what God wants to do in my relationship. It, it's, it's a big deal, right? In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19 says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Meaning that what's happening inside will be seen by the outside. Like from the abundance of the, of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is inside will come out. So we want to address what's inside, but the problem is that what's inside is so private. 
You know, if our thoughts would be read by everyone, I think we would think more of our thoughts, right? But because it's so private, we think it's not important because we can hide it. But it's gonna filter through. And so my thought life, listen, my thought life is so huge that if I let it, like I said a moment ago, if I let it go wild, it's gonna cause damage in my life and also in the life of others. I'll ask you a question. Who, who speaks to you the most? Who speaks to you the most? Some of you might say, well, my wife <laughs> or my boss. But really, who speaks to you the most, most is you. Your self-talk. Like I, as you get older, I, I'm thinking out loud now. And my wife said, says, like, what, what are you saying? I'm saying, I'm just thinking. Okay, but I want to know now, since I've heard you start this thought, <laughs> where are you going with it, right? Uh, so I'm saying, okay, whoa, whoa, that's too much now, right? Um, but the thing, the reality is, you're the one that speaks the most to yourself. You are the biggest influence in your life. Got a question for you. What are you talking, to, what are you saying to yourself regarding your relationships? What are you saying to yourself in regard of your relationships? Wow. That's a very good question, right? Do you, do you, uh, are you in a relationship, let's say, in your marriage, and you say, oh, man, I, I should have never married this person? Oh, and then you start to look at your options. And, and, and when you do that, it influences your decision. I'll give you a little, a little story of when I got married. Um, me and Michelin, we did Bible college together. And we were very close. It was a small college. And so we've learned to know one another very well. And when we started to date, well, we knew where, where we're getting because we saw each other in every, many, most of the ways, right? So, so when we started to date, we, we said, and then we realized that there's no point of waiting too long. So eight months later, we decided to get married. Uh, the problem is that I was so far away from my roots, like I was in Montreal and my roots were in Northern Ontario, so I was so far away from my roots, from the people that were very close to me. And so when I told them I was getting married, they were saying, well, okay, and they didn't say too much, but what happened is after our rehearsal on Friday night, some people that really care for me and really love me told me, I think you're making a mistake. And I remember freaking out in the inside, right? I'm getting married the next morning. So I didn't sleep very well during the night. And during the night, I was debating, oh, you know, should, like, could I say no? And, and this whole battle in my mind. So then we got married. And, and, and the first year, there's this plane that has landed. You know what that plane was? When things were getting rough and tough, maybe they were Right? Maybe I made a mistake. You see? And it started to take root in my heart, in my mind. And my wife did not know about that because everything is private. But I had, like, developed a, a, a path, like a, a loop, right? Things are rough. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, you know. Ah, uh, until I had to shut it down. And if I would have not shut it down, I wouldn't be here today. It's huge. Your thought life, the, the, the loops that you have in your head that comes over and over again and you don't deal with it and you entertain it and you feed it. Wow, it's toxic. 
And we don't realize that this, at that level, it can kill your relationship and really damage you. Your, your relationship with your kids, uh, how you see your parents, like, oh, when you, when you tag people for life or you say to them or you, 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 um, you, you, get, um, uh, you make vows, I'm not going to trust them again. I'm not going to show love again. Like, I'm not going to help them again. And you make inner vows, it blocks God to move in because you've just put a wall. And whatever God wants to say now, he doesn't have a voice because you already said no. And you're in this loop of unforgiveness and resentment and so on. And, ah, uh, you know, he'll never change. They'll never change. There's no hope. When you feed this, do you think there's going to be any change? Do you think there's going to be a breakthrough? No. So it's important. There's things that we don't control. We can't control other people, right? We can't, we can't be in their minds. But I can control what lands in mine, you know? I don't want to see my joy be, be stolen away. Like, it's, I, I, don't want to, I, I, I don't want to be caught in the point where I'm, I'm drinking poison. And, and, and drinking that poison, it's just eating me and, and destroying me. So, so what's your... Self-talk when it comes to your family and the people around your life and your co-workers. What's your self-talk? When you're going to go back to work, what will be your self-talk when it comes to other people around you? Hmm. What loop are you just in and in and in? Ah, oh, yeah. And what happens is that whatever happens gives confirmation to the loop. Right? And so what happened is that even though it's a sin or even though it's, there's ungodliness in you hosting and, and taking a hold of, of, of a herd of offense, it becomes a truth to you because you've created such a pathway. Right? And the, line, the planes are landing. And they're landing. And, and then you say, all right. And, and your mind in the self-talk is like, I'm right. Yeah, for sure. Right? So, so important to watch over your heart when it comes to your relationship. Second question, what's your self-talk about yourself? What's your self-talk about yourself? What do you tell yourself? There was a little survey that was done. I, sh I forgot to look at the reference of that. I remember reading that uh, a long time ago. I think it was fr from a book from John Maxwell. It, I think it was in, uh, in um, Winning Attitude. But they gave a test or to students in university, they gave them a, a, rubber, a rubber band, and they were called to put a rubber band around their wrist. And every time they would have a, a, a negative self-talk, they had to... And so after a week, most of the students came back with a red arm. Because I, I believe that our self-talk, in many cases, is so toxic. I'm no good. I can't do it. I'm stupid. I'm not like him. I'm not like her. Oh, the reason why I'm not married yet is because I must be ugly. I must be whatever. And, and we, we feed this and we, we entertain this and, and we, fall or we, we fall in a place where we lose our identity in Christ. It's like God wants us to be um, like a full-blown color TV, and we're just living in the third, like a 60 shades of grayish, you know, like just the few gray, like in the old times, my, my era when we used to watch TV, black and white. So what's your self-talk about yourself? I could just pause here, right? 
Some of you, you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to live, a t- I'm not going to make 60. And some of you are saying, you know, if I would die now, who, who would miss me? And you're, it's, it's a thought that comes, right? It's not that you're suicidal, but you're feeding that thought, uh, I'm not very important, nobody really cares for me, nobody sees me. And it could be to the point that you might have suicidal thoughts because you feel that your life is pointless. It's a loop. You get caught into that. It's a trap. And the more you do it, the more ingrained it is and the more damage it does to you. Your self-talk about yourself is so big, so huge. What is your self-talk in regard of God? That he doesn't love you, that he loves others, that he hasn't been faithful to you? Or, or maybe it is, did God really say? And you live your life in sin the way you want and you, 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 you say, well, well, God doesn't really matter, so I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. What's your self-talk about God? And that will influence the way how you will live your life. Your self-talk about God will make you follow him or not, or make you compromise, or just do the show and come to church but not having a transformed life. So your thought life is huge, even though it's not seen, even though it's not heard. So you want to bring these thoughts captive in Jesus Christ, like it says in 2 Corinthians. You want, it to bring under, you want to bring your self-talk to Christ. It's a huge matter. And, and so we, we, we don't want to, to we, we don't want to see us miss the goal because of our unhealthy thought life, right? This is a big deal. A mindset makeover is a huge thing. Like, like most of, like what sells today? Negativity. Like, look at the news. It's mostly negative. Ah, you watch it. Oh, no. Ah, that's the way it is, right? You look at YouTube, the, the views. There's, you, you talk about, let's say, I don't know, you, you, there's a focus on worship, like in the church, uh, church world, and then you got some other channels that talks about uh, why worship is bad, and, and, and most people are curious, what the, why do they say that worship is bad in church? Drawn to negativity. Like, what does it say, the stats? It takes five positive to meet one negative? Imagine this, right? Someone says to you a negative statement, you need five positive to be able to meet that negative. We live in a negative world. And it's important for us not to get caught by that and being fed by the negativity or looking at people and looking at the fault and saying, oh, yeah, for sure, look at his, I know his grand, like in the, you do the Mennonite game. Well, yeah, his dad, his uncle, oh, his grandfather. And you, do, and you put all that together and you come to a conclusion by the first connection or whatever, or based on the family tree, and I think it's wrong. And so it's important for us not to fall in negativity. Look what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Such a powerful verse. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Holy Spirit, transform me by the power of the cross, where the blood shed to wash my sins away, but also the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says, by the renewing of your mind. You're being renewed in your mind. So I need to be renewed. And it's not one time renewed, always renewed. It's a constant renewal. We need to renew, be renewed all the time. Why? Because this is when you're able 
to test and approve what God's will is. What he's saying here is that if you don't have a renewed mind, you won't be able to discern and approve God's will for your life. So let's say I'm letting planes land in my mind. I am not able to discern his will. I'm not able. I can't get him. I can't get his ways. So this is why my thought life is so huge. Because my thought lives, my thought life, let's say I focus on godliness, I focus on the things that are from God, then I'll be able to discern his will. But if I'm caught up by the things of this world and I feed myself on the things of this world and resentment and so on, I won't be able to hear him. And we are sometimes, listen, sometimes we're in a situation that we don't hear and we don't see. And sometimes we look at other people and we say, they don't get it? So clear. Why? Why? You know why? It's because they're not transformed in their will. You know why? It's because we're not transformed inside. And so we can't discern his will. It's a powerful verse, right? Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things on earth. You got to mean and you got to look a little further. It's more than now. It's more than a present offense. It's more than a present bad business deal or an employee, an employer. It's more than that. We have to focus on eternity. That whatever happens here, we don't want to see our mind, our inner man be polluted or be in bondage because it has effect on others for eternity, but also on me. Look what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Verses that talk about what we're called to think on. It says... Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. And it's not easy, guys, right? It's not easy. When life throws you curves, people are, are, are betray you and things are rough and expectations are not met and, 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 you're and we live, we are a bunch of broken people. Surprise, sorry. If you're a visitor, you are in a church of broken people. Sorry. <laughs> That's the reality. So what, what do I cope? How, how do I do this? I need to focus. It takes hard work. To focus on godly things. But the reason why I do it, first of all, to praise God. Secondly, if I don't do that, it penetrates my heart. And it puts a wedge between me and God, me and others. And it puts a wedge on, on me fulfilling his calling. Last verse worth reading. James chapter 1 verse 2. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How do you do that? It's a mindset. It starts here. Okay, I'm going through a rough patch right now. Okay, God, you have a plan. I trust in you. I rely on you. You've got this mental conversation with yourself, including God, when it comes to doing his will. It says, consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know, because you know, because you know that the testing of your faith developed what? Perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Wow. 
So that's our goal. It's to see ourselves be mature and complete. So when you go through a rough time, you set your mind on the things above. You set your mind on things that is honorable, what, what, what is from God. And, and when you do that, what happens, there's a transformation that happens in your life, and you become mature, and you become an ambassador for Christ in a better way. As I wrap up this morning, your thought life is huge. Like, God is amazing. God has awesome plans for your marriage. God has an awesome plan for you as a person. You don't want to miss God's plans because of your thought life. So, when you have this self-talk about others, make it godly. When you have a self-talk about yourself and you're just digging yourself a hole and you're treating yourself like garbage, stop it. Stop it. How is Christ looking at you? He died for you, values you. It's a lie from the pit of hell. When you have a self-talk regarding God and the devil says, well, he's not faithful. He's not gonna be there for you. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What are you gonna do? Go to God's word, go to prayer, seek his face, align yourself with his will and say, no, I'm not gonna let that land in my heart because if there's a root, if I cause that to become a root, there's gonna be a fruit. I don't want that in my life. So you gotta say no to all these planes that want to sow and bring destruction in your life. Amen? I would ask you to stand. You might be here this morning and your self-talk about yourself is toxic, real toxic. And you just pray this morning for the work of the Holy Spirit, for the blood of Jesus to wash you when it comes to that. If your self-talk about yourself is toxic, I invite you to repent right now and say, Lord, forgive me of having this toxic view of myself. I'm sorry, Lord. You died for me. You value me. I'm sorry that I believe the lies of the enemy or I believe the, the voice of this world, the standards of this world. I believe the, the lies that I, that I just let soak in my heart. Father, break me free from this toxic self-talk about myself. Maybe you're here this morning and, you're, and your self-talk when it comes to your relationship, it's toxic too. You, you are in this rut coming back and, and you're always reaffirming how that same thing over and er, over and over regarding the person that is close to you. Say, God, I repent of that. Forgive me for this self, this, uh, this toxic um, pathway. Maybe you're here this, this morning and when it comes to God, you feel that God has walked away from you. You're here this morning, but inside you think that God is not interested in you. You feel that God is not for you. It's such a lie. And as you feed this over and over again, it creates a pathway and it influences the way you do your life. So Father, I just pray for the blood of Jesus and I pray for the work of your Holy Spirit to bring freedom in our minds and to give us the power, the ability to choose what is godly and to choose what honors you, what pleases you and not to be a garbage 
where I let anything come in and take root in my heart. Father, I pray that we would live Proverbs chapter 4 very significantly, where we would guard our heart more than anything because it's a wellspring of life. Father, just pray for your anointing on your people, that we would guard our hearts, that we would look at our heart as a prized possession, and we would not let it be polluted or let it be garbaged. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.